Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event, For Her, By Her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses' employment and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Hello, everybody. We are here for a Q&A style. But today, guess what the theme is? Facebook. Shocking. So we, shocking. Surpriser right? Who is surprised we're talking about Facebook still? We asked in the group for y'all to send us your questions about Facebook strategy and being successful on the platform. Now that we like kind of know a thing or two, we feel like, of course, the experts. And so we're going to answer all of your questions and kind of, you know, make sure you guys are on like a really good solid foundation about, you know, Facebook. Yeah, so we are going to start with Verity's question and just jump right in. And I love this question. I think it might be my favorite question of the day. Yeah, maybe just, laugh out loud. Just how all of Facebook for Business, how with four question marks, I literally uh, do not understand. <laughs> so Verity, uh, you, are not, you are not alone, first of all. Yeah. I was you like very few months ago like oh yeah oh yeah earlier this year i was questioning my life and i mean literally <laughs> I, mean, I was going through a personal crisis at the time no too. joke <laughs> um so personal crisis on top of business plateau on top of what is facebook yep and yep. i was like do i even need to pay attention why it it, no. se- it seems to be working for other people, but it's definitely not going to work for me. And I get it. Like, it's an overwhelming platform. There are so many hidden doors and secret things. And I swear to you, I keep finding out more things. Like, literally this morning, I was like, how do I find out the link for my live ad so I can go comment and interact and engage with people? And I had to, like, ask an expert, which we'll talk more about, Courtney, in a hot minute. Uh But I had to ask her because I literally did not know where it was or how to Uh get to it because it's confusing as hell. So I think to kind of break it down and to share with how we have found Facebook that works for us is kind of in in a couple of different chunks. So A, you have your Facebook page for business and you have your Facebook group. So those are two living, breathing, different things. For a while, we had a Facebook page up. We weren't paying attention to it. We just grew our Facebook group because we wanted to engage. Our Facebook group has been very, very, very beneficial for us in sales, in engagement, in audience growth, and getting to know our people better. So it's been the kind of like separate feature, not connected with our page whatsoever, that has helped us grow an audience. 
clients. We've paid a lot of attention to that group. We've spent a lot of time in that group and we love it, right? So that's kind of its own living, breathing thing. So specifically in regards to our Facebook page, we kind of look at it in two different ways. We have the content that we're sharing to the page on the daily. So that might be links to our podcast episodes, blog posts, quotes that we find interesting, outside random shares that we want you guys to know about. And those are all kind of scheduled inside a platform we use called SmarterQ. And then we have our Facebook page as we use it during a launch. So going live more often, sharing videos from that page to our group, and paying for advertisements to boost our reach during a window where we're trying to get people to sign up or buy from something. So I think you have to ask yourself, of those three areas, which one do you want to focus on first? Do you want to just grow your Facebook page for the sake of growing your page, as in figuring out a content plan of action, figuring out how to get organic reach and engagement? Do you want to start with ads? Do you want to start with the group? None of the answers are wrong. I think you just need to pick one of those channels to pour your attention into, or it can get really overwhelming. Molly is asking, what's the best way to use Facebook as a marketing strategy? Networking, what are the best practices to start if you don't have an ad budget yet? So I think there's a couple of great things that Emily already mentioned. I mean, obviously sharing engaging content and getting people excited I think actively posting on your Facebook business page as just a start is probably the most basic you can get. Facebook ultimately rewards people who keep people on the platform. Mm -hmm. So if you are not getting them to leave, to go to a blog post or to go do this or that or the other thing, they are going to show your content more often. Facebook also tends to rewards video content and most specifically live video content more than anything else. So if you don't have a ad budget at this point, I would consider a way to start having some sort of consistent Facebook live presence on your Facebook page to start getting out there. Maybe it's just like for you, Molly, because I know what you do. Maybe it's like a paint with Molly Thursday or something and you paint live and talk about your business and like it's relaxing and you play music. Like it could be all sorts of things. Yeah. And that's that's a, a marketing and networking strategy. So using it in the marketing strategy as in getting people aware of what you're doing, selling the experience, letting people behind the scenes, and then the networking, engaging in those people, you're going to also show up in people's feeds who do similar things to you. So they might want to work with you. They might want to collaborate. I think that, again, similar to the advice I gave Verity of picking the path using groups as networking, using your page as marketing, even if you don't have an ad budget, choosing to be present there is going to do more for you, obviously, than not being there. So Danielle's asking, I have no idea what to post on Facebook. I don't have time to blog consistently right now, so I have no idea what types of things to post there that are different from what I'm posting on Instagram. So A, you have to make time for blogging if you wanna use it as a strategy for your business. If you don't have content to post, then you need to create time to create content to post. 
I suggest everything start as a blog and you push it out from there and you choose to push it in different ways. So like Abby said, Facebook prefers when you keep people on the platform. They also prefer when you post natively from the platform, meaning not pushing your Instagram post, not automatically setting like your RSS to post, you know, your blog post to Facebook or whatever, posting literally something authentically inside the platform. So what we always suggest for people is when you're figuring out what to say, how to say, and how to interact on a different social media platform, ask yourself who of your audience is on that platform and how are they using it? Are they commenting on things? Are they sharing things? Are they having conversations on there? Are they just watching videos? What are they doing? And then do that on that specific platform, making sure that your engagement, your content, your questions are kind of geared around towards how people even use that platform right now already. So Jordan's asking if you queue rotating posts, like using a program like Meet Edgar or Smarter Queue, is there a number of posts that you should try to reach to schedule on a per day basis? And my answer to you is awful. (laughs) You're going to hate it, Jordan, but I'm going to say it depends. Ultimately, Everyone and every type of business is going to have different results. People are going to enjoy different things. Like, do you think BuzzFeed posts posts twice per day? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no. Like, probably 15, 20, 30, maybe even more. But you, maybe you have more success posting twice. Maybe you have more success posting five times. I think it's a matter of testing and seeing what works and where people are engaging. Also, you might notice that certain people like certain type of content more than others. So like you may post five times, but they're only engaging on this certain type of post. And so maybe you need to reconsider the other things that you have rotating. Well, and I think the thing that I'm starting to learn from Courtney, and I'm excited because by by this point, by the time this episode airs, we'll be going through her free challenge, learning even more answers to these questions. I think based off what she has been saying, and she's B2B similar to what we are, and I know Jordan is B2C, so it could be different, is that honestly, she really only posts maybe once a day, every other day, when she's not in the middle of launching. So she doesn't go completely ghost or dead on Facebook when she's not launching, but she has found that keeping up a consistent content throughout like the weeks and days, even when she's not launching, doesn't really help her and it actually hurt her. So having stuff queued up sounds super great, right? It's what we do. We have like a chunk of type of quotes queued up in Smarter Queue, podcast episodes, tweetables, like et cetera, right? Well, what we're finding is that Facebook is smart and it knows when you're just recycling content for the sake of recycling content. So if it's just the same stuff over and over again, even if there's days or weeks in between, Facebook knows that and it's not really going to prioritize it because it doesn't see it as valuable content. So what she has learned instead is that instead of really scheduling a lot of stuff, now we do schedule stuff for our groups because that's a different story. But instead of scheduling a lot of stuff for her Facebook page, she will just take the time to natively post like, oh my gosh, like this new stat about Facebook is out and here's what I think about it. Like, what do you think? Or like post a GIF in the comments how you feel about like XYZ. And it's more of an engaging social presence, which is exactly what the platform is about. And she finds that more valuable and more useful for her in the long run. 
I would say if you have any hesitation, like go lower. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Like you're, you don't need to have a crazy number to be successful. This yes. isn't, this isn't like Twitter used to be where you had to post right. 30 times a day to survive. Facebook posts are lasting longer than they used to because of the way the algorithm changed. And mm-hmm. so your, your posts can last days or weeks or months, depending yep. on how it is affecting other people. And if other people are sharing it and enjoying yep. it and all of that jazz. And I think that goes right into answering Bobby's question of, is it effective if you just post twice a week? I think if the content is valuable and you're asking people to engage in some way and it's stuff that people actually want to see or hear, yes, that could greatly benefit you over posting non-valuable stuff five times a day. So Nikki is asking, if video is not your thing, what other tips do you have for us? Should we do a testimonial share or a teaser of our product? So you can do video in other ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be video of your face, but video is still being rewarded. So I would still urge you to try video, but maybe in a different format. You could do a moving graphic with just words and have music playing. It could be 15 seconds or less, and then it would auto loop. You could have a small clip of your product, or you could do like an unboxing or something and like show what your product looks like in the packaging and then what it like, what it looks like when it arrives on someone's doorstep. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of testimonial shares. That's what we do all the time, especially during a launch. We'll hop on a video with a past student and just have a conversation with them about what they loved about that course or about learning from us or results that they've gotten in their business. And we share that to Facebook and people really love that. So you could ask clients or customers of your own if they felt comfortable getting on video, even if it was just themselves and kind of doing just a quick blurb about their results, thoughts, feelings about you or whatever it is that you're offering and posting those to Facebook. And I'm not saying you can't use static images. You still can. It's just expect to not get the same results. Right, right. So then Nikki's asking, why shouldn't I share my Instagram post to Facebook? And I kind of touched on this earlier of like, just don't do it. It's literally just Facebook wants you to hang out on Facebook. And if you're doing it natively through that platform, they know that you're there and you're posting from there and you're keeping people there. I know it's super easy to just swipe that like button on Instagram to post it, but it's actually hurting you if you're wanting to boost organic engagement and reach. So just don't do it. So alternatively, like literally if you are like not, if you don't have the time or energy to do it, like literally copy paste and post it on Facebook directly with the same image. And it's, it's, it's as if Instagram did it for you, but it takes like two extra seconds And it's going to get more reach. Yep. So Nikki's now asking, okay, what about promoing things? Do we always promo a free thing or when is it okay to promo a paid product or service? It's always okay to promo those things. I think that we go through seasons of launching. So we're not constantly promoing, hey, go buy this thing. Hey, go buy this thing. Because I do think that can wear out your audience. So we will generally like hit it really, really hard with ads or paid content for a week to two weeks, depending on kind of how it's working, how our actual launch plan is going. And then we kind of like go quiet with just free content and links to our other stuff for three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks. It really just depends on when our next launch is coming up. 
There's no tried or true method. There are uh, businesses where we see, like we constantly get their ads to like, like for HelloFresh, for instance, like a lot of subscription boxes or makeup stuff or whatever, you know, the things that you're searching for on Google, right? You're constantly going to get to see those ads because businesses like that don't ever like close their cart, right? They're always available to purchase. So it makes sense that you're always shown their things to buy. You really just have to feel out your audience. It does take energy to be posting ads and be promoting and be in launch mode. So for the sake of your creativity and your business workflow, I do suggest you you take some breaks here and there. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With that being said, though, you can choose to promote your paid product to different audiences. Yes. Like, so... If, for instance, you might take a break promoting to your warm audience, but then only promote to cold traffic for like a month or two. And so the people who are normally seeing your thing aren't necessarily seeing it. And so you're just getting new people in the doors and it's totally new and different. That said, I think I would consider like a small mini funnel where I think that's more effective generally if you're going to a paid product or service where you take someone who hasn't ever heard of you before and you slowly warm them up using like one or two free things and then jumping into the paid product offer. Yep. So Nikki's also asking, how many ads do you typically start out with and are two thirds of them video? (laughs) Uh, So we've gone over our ad strategies in a couple of different episodes. So I really would love for you to listen to the episode where we talked about our $37,000 launch and then our $97,000 launch. It goes through specifically what ads we sent and when. But as a general scope, what we found that works for us, this is going to be different for you most likely, is that we will send a video ad, one video ad about a free thing. So maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's a webinar. We will run that for about a week, the same video ad to cold and warm audiences for about a week to get as many signups as we can for the free thing. Inside that free thing, at the end of a challenge, at the end of a webinar, whatever it might be, we will open the door to the paid thing. So on that day, we will run another video ad about the the paid thing. That will run for about a week. We generally keep our carts open for about seven days, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little less, just depending on what's going on. While that same general, hey, this is what the product is, this is why you need it, go buy it, while that video ad is running, we will also turn on or turn off, depending on how they do, testimonial video ads, one to three of those, potentially another video ad about cart closing, In the past, we've only ever done a cart closing as a graphic ad. So it's literally just text and graphic, no video component. Right now we're in the middle of a launch where we're testing a video cart close ad. So we'll let you know how that goes. So that's one video with potentially two to three videos in between of like value ad or testimonies. And then a cart close ad could be video, could be text. It could be different for you depending on what you're offering. You could only have one video ad. If it's like just for a product launch of a physical product, it might just be one thing. And then you might decide to retarget the people who click on that product in a different way. Because the deal with Facebook ads and when they work really more effectively is when you're able to speak to that specific person. And the only way to do that is through retargeting. So for instance, you'll have your general ad of like, hey, I just like created this new line of coffee mugs. They're awesome. Here's what they look like. Like here's some great things about my brand and my company and why you need them. And it's awesome and it's fun. Go buy the coffee mug. 
And then you retarget the people who clicked to go see your coffee mugs. And in your video, you say something like, I saw you click this coffee mug, or I saw you like wanted to buy this thing. So you're speaking to them on kind of like a creepy level and that really gets their attention. And they're like, oh my God, they made this ad for me. And it just really touches them in a unique way. Yeah. Another question we got was when creating a video ad, do you change out the description and just see which one performs better? So no, we haven't really done a lot of A-B testing. We'll do A-B testing on the audience side, but not necessarily the copy side. Not that you couldn't do that. Like, obviously, that's totally an option. That said, for us, Our language is, I mean, it would be hard for us to like drastically change how we talk enough for it to affect the results. Uh We've tried A-B testing in other areas of our business and it hasn't drastically affected anything. So instead, we're focusing on what audiences are performing better instead and putting the emphasis there rather than changing out the description. One of my tips for the description, though especially if you're trying to get them to click, even if that's not the type of ad you're running. So even if you're not running a click ad, even if you're not running a conversion ad, my suggestion to you would be to have the link in multiple places, one very near the top before the quote fold, before they have to click to see more, and then one at the very bottom. And then if you do have it running on a conversion basis, it'll have a button. If, if not, it won't. Yes. When we first started ads, we did test like longer copy, short copy, a flat lay versus a styled shot of us. Um, yellow versus white. Background. Yellow versus white. It, honestly, that did not give us enough data to be like, okay, this is the tried and true method. The only thing that gave us enough data was video outperforms way better than pictures or graphics. So for us, we just run with video. And if we're running with video, we're just going to do one video and shoot it. Like we're not going to test. We're not going to create multiple ads for the same thing. Like Abby said, our language and the style of what we do stuff, like we can only really mix it up so much. We can only talk about the same thing in so many different ways. So we might test like, we'll turn like the cart close ad, for instance. We originally said like cart closes soon. And then when we got to like the last couple hours or that day, we'll say cart closes tonight and like kind of change that sense of urgency. But that's really the only testing we've really done. I guess we did do one ad in the very beginning when we were just testing video ads for the first time. We ran like a cold ad to everyone and then our warm ad was different and then one of those ads was drastically outperforming the other yes and the one that was drastically outperforming the other included more information about why we were the expert yes and why we were like qualified and why we had our story and so even if you think someone knows about you i think going through the process of explaining who you are and what you do is a very important step, especially if you're running to cold traffic. So guys, Nikki just sent in a bunch of questions. So these next few are all from her. She's asking for tips for power editor overwhelm. My biggest tip for that is to keep your eyes peeled for FB everything and go purchase it. 
I can only in so many minutes explain to you like the power editor and I definitely can't do that through a podcast. And I would rather you invest in someone who teaches it really, really well. And that's Courtney Foster Donahue and her program FB Everything opens up real soon. So go get your booty in that. Tips for approaching cold versus warm audience. There's no different way of approaching them. You really just brainstorm who you want to target and create those audiences and then who your warm audience is and create those audiences and then send the ad to both of those people. And you just determine based off the amount that you want to be getting. So a good conversion rate or whatever, uh, which I know we've said in the past, like a good conversion rate for a conversion ad is $1.50 or under. For some businesses, like that could be $10. Like if you're like, you know, Nike or whatever, like your budget just might be a little bit bigger, a little bit different, and your numbers are gonna be just drastically different. If your program is super high end and you're spending five bucks a lead, but it's a $10,000 program, who cares, right? So just really kind of keep it in line with the price of what you're selling them and how much it's costing to get them to buy the thing. Yeah, generally, as long as what you're selling costs more than what you're spending, then you're good. So I think it's really a balance of the return on investment and really investigating that. Generally, we've spent about 3% of like our total, like how much money we've made. Some Uh people spend 15 or 50% in ads to make that money back. But heck, if you spent a dollar and you make two, like, yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. So then how to pick audiences. I think this is the one that I struggled with for a really, really long time because I just, I like made it more complicated than it is. So my favorite trick to do this, this is super, super easy. And I can tell you how to do it on a podcast. I want you to open up Facebook and I want you to search in the search bar of Facebook, just like you're like searching for your friend's name to go view her profile, right? I want you to literally type in people who like and then put in any page name that you think your audience follows. So for B2B, you might put in like Amy Porterfield or Marie Folio or Female Entrepreneur Association. If you're like selling dog training videos, you might put in like a certain dog food or like Caesar, what is his name? The dog trainer guy. You might put in his name or like whatever, right? Things that your audience likes. If you're a DIY blog and you're selling something through there, maybe they like HGTV or maybe they like other DIY type of brands, right? So you put in that name, people who like blank. So then it's going to show you a list of profile people, like actual human beings in their Facebook pages. Some of them you might be friends with. Some of them, like they're just strangers. It doesn't matter. If you click on a little right arrow on the right-hand side of their name, it's going to drop down and it's going to say like, You can view their friends and you can view their profile and you can view their interests. And I want you to click interest. So what it's going to do, say you're searching people who like HGTV and Abigail Pumphrey's face comes up. So you click that little arrow and you're going to click interest. It's going to pop up all of the other pages that Abigail Pumphrey likes. So you're going to see like, you know, TLC or like Chipotle or whatever, right? You're going to see all of the things that she likes and you're going to pay attention. Okay. If she likes HGTV and I'm DIY, what are other DIY things that I could target? What are other pages I could target that are in the same kind of realm that would interest her that might show up in her feed? So you do that for like three to five people and you get a list of about 10 to 15 different audiences And then you go into the editor, to the power editor, and you click, you say, okay, I want to target HGTV. 
And if they pop up, great, you can target to their audience. Spoiler alert, sometimes they won't pop up. There is no tried or true, like if you have this many likes, follows, or growth, that Facebook is gonna let you target to that person. So if you're typing their name or that business name and they just don't show up, you just can't target them. So you just pick someone else. And honestly, it's as simple as that. So here's mistake number one we did when we did this for the first time. So we were like, okay, so we're gonna target all of these different audiences. And we typed all of them into the Uh same ad. Uh So we were like, with warm audiences, generally you kind of group them and lump them because they're all warm. And you could test like if your web traffic's performing different than your other traffic, but I, we warm is really, warm is warm to us, we so haven't, it doesn't matter. We haven't really gone into that. But for these cold people, you need to know specifically just this one page. How is this one page performing compared to everything else? So yeah. instead of typing all 10 into the audience for one ad, you're going to make 10 different campaign. Well, no, one campaign, 10 different. What's the middle section? Not ad. Assets. Yes, 10 different ad sets, and it's going to go the same ad. Uh-huh. And so that was the most confusing thing for me at first. Right. And now that I understand it, I'm like, hallelujah, because mm-hmm. it's so great. Because then you can see, okay, well, someone who likes Marie Forleo is only 60 cents, but someone who likes Female Entrepreneur Association is $1.25. So right. it makes sense for me to pump more money at Marie Forleo. And that's not the same for everybody. Like you literally right. are not going to like, that was not a plug for you to go say, well, no. I am targeting Marie you Forleo. Need to test. You need to test. Oh, and then real quick, does Facebook still penalize if the image is over 25% text? Yes. There is an easy uh, way to check that. It, there's a link on Facebook you can go to plug in your graphic and it'll let you click how much text is on it. But if you're doing videos, then you get to skip that step. So I'd rather you just do videos, okay? One thing with that I will say is sometimes your ad will get approved even if it's more than 25%. Right. And then they might randomly turn it off two days from now. Yes. And you're like, so follow what the, the rules. heck? <laughs> yeah. So follow the rules and it'll be fine. Okay, then we have like three questions about boosting. So what's the deal with boosted posts? Should we run far, far away? Or is there a real strategy? What are the best types of posts to boost? Can you boost previous live videos? So first I want to make a clarification. Some of you might be using boost as in, should I promo this post? Like, should I put money to boost it? Like boost its presence, right? But boost in the terms of Facebook land literally means like when they say, do you want to boost this post? You can click a button that says boost. And Facebook will determine for you based on how you want to spend, how that post is shown and how it runs and how it develops unless you have defined your custom audiences first. So if you're going to go ahead and define custom audiences and define who you're targeting, I would rather you make an actual ad inside the Power Editor so you can have far more control over what what it's doing instead of letting Facebook make those decisions for you, because then you do not know what's performing well and what's not performing well for you to tweak next time. So So, if you're asking, can you turn a live video into an ad? Yes. mm -hmm. You would 
run the live video organically, tell people to come in the live video on your Facebook page. You would go into the power editor, create an ad just like you normally would. And, and instead of creating like uploading a new video or picture, you just click the tab next to that that says use a previous post and it will let you search your post on Facebook. You click that live and then add in your copy, add in your links, whatever you want to do to it. And that then now is a sponsored post. And pro tip for that, if you can't find the one you're looking for, especially if it's like an older post, you can go to the permalink, which you find by finding on your page, clicking on the timestamp. And usually you have to click on it again because Facebook's been weird recently where to like do it in a pop-up window. You need to actually have it go to a page. So it's going to be like facebook.com slash like it might be your page slash a whole bunch of numbers. You need the number and you can use the number inside of the power editor to go track down that specific post and it will work for you that way. But if you have more questions about boosting and what we ended up referring to it as pro boosting, you can listen to part two of our Facebook journey, which was... So the next deal that we want to talk about is, are ads the only way to get eyeballs on our content and gain new followers? And the answer is... No and yes. Uh, So here's the deal. No, you can still get amazing organic reach and you can gain new followers organically. Like we did that for a long time, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a slow process. Facebook decided a couple of years ago that they were changing their strategy for how they treated small business. For years, literally years, they were promoting the small guy. The small business got rank on social media. And you could get your ad out there like nobody's business. And it was just going to be crazy, the bomb.com. And, you know, now that's just not how it works. Facebook really wants you to pay to play. And which is not surprising. No, like they're a business too. And so I would say, yes, you can still go after organic traffic, but if you're expecting crazy, amazing results mm-hmm. on a quick basis, and yeah. the really cool thing is like ads, Facebook made ads so that you would get results so that you would keep buying more ads. Yes. Yes. Like they're not made to be junk. They are made to be a good investment so that you will keep buying them. Like Facebook didn't make them to be crappy. Well, and the great thing with ads is that so many people say, I don't have an ad budget yet. As soon as you have a spare $100, $25, you could run an amazing campaign that gets you a lot of information about ads. So you can then begin to run them more confidently. And if you're running a funnel or campaign or whatever, if you do it very strategically and sell something, right, and then make money back and you have an amazing conversion rate like we've seen and like we like you can learn how to do, right, then you will make all of your money back 
plus some, the hopes of that, right? So then you have money to invest back into more Facebook ads and have a bigger launch and a bigger launch and a bigger launch. So it doesn't matter if you have a small budget now, 